Mainstream media is dominated by the right and the left. The majority in the middle are left without a voice. You've reached the Conservative Hippie Podcast, a common sense look at life, the universe, and everything. Here's your host, Jay Frat, the Conservative Hippie. Oh yeah, 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 that's me, the Conservative Hippie. And as I'm finding out every time I publish a show, there's another Conservative Hippie out there in the world that contacts the show and says, Hey, I thought I was the only one. No, no, there is a whole group of us. And hopefully this show will act as a conduit to get us all together. We're trying to create a community here. Um, episode 50 was so much fun. I enjoyed all of the listener questions. I was a bit tired towards the end of the episode. And one of the most important questions, I, I kind of forgot the main point that I wanted to give at the end of the question. It was a friend, uh, it was a question by a friend of mine named Eduardo, uh, at Land a Crew on Twitter. He is a liberal friend of mine. Uh, and as I do not discriminate among friends, we, we are all capable of our own ideas and our own discernment and creating our own conclusions. And I think that should always be respected as long as we are always willing to challenge each other and be open-minded um, to change our minds and to seek out truth over dogma. Anyways, Eduardo's question was, hey, how can we get, how can the Democratic Party get more moderates like you to come on board? Um, because clearly, as, as, as you've listened to this show um, right now, I, I think all middlers are very heavy on the Trump side of the equation. And I gave a very thoughtful answer. It goes uh, very deep into the corruption of the DNC. Please go back and listen to episode 50 if you haven't. It's a fun show. It's a great synopsis of where we, we are in the first 50 episodes of this particular show, um, the Conservative Hippie Podcast. But what I forgot at the end of this very detailed answer that I gave about the, the corruption and how they held uh, Tulsi Gabbard's voice down is an action item, something they could do. Because he was saying, what can we do to get more moderate voters? I think it's very clear the entire DNC must be overhauled or thrown away. In other words, either a party needs to come up, uh, much like uh, the Weinstein Brothers uh, Unity Party 2020, something like that that can coalesce a lot of moderate liberals um, and even libertarian liberals uh, can go to either a new party um, or the DNC must be remade. It must be torn down and remade in a less corrupt version um, that is clearly in charge now. So what can they do? What can they do to bring more moderate voters over? Well, they have to destroy their power structure that's in control of their party. To do that, you have to vote for Donald Trump. I know. It seems weird, but come on. Come on. If You, you cannot be honest and say that Joe Biden is the best candidate that represents Democrats moving forward. It's absolutely insanity. And just remember in 2016, when they took that nomination away from Bernie Sanders with their, with their superdelegate rules, now they took all free speech, all, all semblance of any kind of convention, they took it away from the Democratic Party, um, and they just marched forward old Joe Biden, party hack, 40-some-odd years um, in the party. Uh, it, it's absolute lunacy 
that at a time when they're saying new voices need to come forward and they're they're trying to dismantle all of these systemic structures that, that Joe Biden is their candidate. And I mean, even even my friend like Eduardo, he can't be happy with the Joe Biden candidacy. So the way that you protest, the way that you disassemble the DNC, the way that you take down that corrupt power structure that is clearly controlling the party away from the people on the streets, you vote for Donald Trump. You just create an overwhelming landslide. And then that they, they can't continue on after that. Then you go in with all of the grassroots and see what comes of a new uh, Democratic Party. I, I really think that the, the real answer and what we're going to see in the future is, is we have to see something come about um, that takes apart this two-party system. Remember, I've never liked the Republicans at the national level. I, I think Donald Trump is the first Republican I've ever voted for. I've never cared for the Republican Party at the top, at the federal level. All right, they're just as corrupt as ever. But Donald Trump was able to come in as this wild card and take it over. That's not possible with the DNC. But somehow we need to get away from this two-party system, and we need to have more voices, more legitimate candidates that want to serve the people instead of this two-party struggle for power that, that's become just a political game. Um, so anyways, there, there's a little bit of housekeeping from the last episode. Another thing I forgot in the last episode that I'd planned on doing, I'm a terrible self-promoter. I'm just awful. I want to do this show. I want to connect. I want to create community, but I'm certainly not a confidence man. I'm not out here to, to grift and to whore for, uh, for my personal gain. So sometimes I, I leave the marketing out a little bit, and it, and it hurts me, to be honest. So I, I want to encourage you, if, if you are a soccer fan, um, I, I do several podcasts here from the Smoke and Jays podcast studio that I built in my home in Olympia, Washington. Um, I do several podcasts. I produce several podcasts from the studios. And one of them, if you're a soccer fan, if you're a fan of English Premier League soccer, uh, we do a, a podcast called Kick From The Spot. It has a website. All you have to do is go to kickfromthespot.com. Um, I also do uh, podcasts as part of uh, the Smoke and Jays company, which I own, uh, called Stoner Horoscopes. And so if you ever, if you want to go to stonerhoroscope.com, you can find every single star signs horoscope. We do it monthly. We turn it into a podcast. It's on every available podcast app. All you have to do is search stoner plus your star sign, and you'll easily find and be able to subscribe to your stoner horoscope that I put out uh, monthly. Uh, we're, we're in the talks right now to have a couple more podcasts come about um, from the Smoke and Jays podcast studio. Another thing, you're never going to find me on any of these GoFundMe or Patreon apps, okay? I'm never going to ask you for money. I'm going to ask you for your time. I want you to join this community. I want your feedback. I want you to participate. I want you to listen. We're growing this together one person at a time. Uh, the way that I've built the Smoke and Jays podcast studio is through Smoke and Jays, my company. I don't need a Patreon. I don't need a GoFundMe. All you have to do is go to smokeandjays.com. Uh, we've got over 2,000 
2,000 products, everything for your smoke and lifestyle, something for every member of the family. If you want to support the show and get some great goods while you do it, you just have to shop at SmokeAndJays.com. And I even created a, a coupon code so that I would know when my friends from the podcast come and shop at the store. Coupon code is HIPPIE. H-I-P-P-I-E, and that gets you 15% off anything at checkout that you buy from the Smoke and Jays uh, store. So anyways, there you go. I uh, just had to make up for a few things from episode 50. Uh, touch base again. It was such a great show. One who, uh, I want to thank again uh, Poetic Math for, for helping be my co-pilot in the, in the listener's voice for that show. Let's get on to episode 51. It's the tweet. It's the tweet. It's the tweet. It's the tweet. It's the tweet of the week. It's the tweet of the week. It's the tweet, 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 tweet. It's the tweet of the week. Wow, a lot of news has been coming hard and fast about the Biden campaign. You wouldn't necessarily know if all you did was follow cable news mainstream network news, and even New York Times Main Street newspapers. They've uh, done a very good job of not covering what seems like big news. The Tweet of the Week is in reference to a Senate investigation report that came out. It's by uh, writer David Harsani. He writes for The Nation and The New York Post, and he says... After four years of paranoid Russia coverage, you'd think it'd be somewhat big news that a presidential candidate's son got $3.5 million from a Putin stooge. Now, what, is th- what this is regarding is it's come out that uh, former mayor of Moscow, his wife, who owned a plastic company, she's the only female billionaire in um, Russia. Uh, just so happens she got uh, contracts for her plastic company um, when her husband was uh, uh, mayor of Moscow, and those contracts may have been awarded through his office. Anyways, forget the Russian shenanigans. We're not in here to talk about internal corruption in Russia or Ukraine. What it shows is, is there was a $3.5 million payment made to Hunter Biden's slush fund, I mean his uh, capital investment firm, Rosemont Seneca. Okay, he does that. He started that business with John Kerry's son. I don't know how John Kerry's son avoids all the scrutiny, but anyways, we're in a political season, so maybe just Hunter Biden's the, the headline star of this particular show. It's just one more example of the blatant hypocrisy that exists that, that a light's been shine, shown on through alternative media and, and social media by, by Anons and people like me and people like you getting together, investigative reporters being able to get their work out through alternative outlets and then use social media as a way to disseminate it. If it weren't for the alternative press, we wouldn't know any of this stuff. It's, it's, it's scary. But the hypocrisy is on a whole nother level. Forget about the $3.5 million that just came out, that's new information that came from the former mayor of Moscow's wife, 
Okay, this the the only uh, female Russian billionaire. So he's getting three point five million from a Russian billionaire. You'd think that'd be big news. This is on the heels of his uh, uh, board seat with Burisma, uh, a company that's known to be under investigation um, by Ukraine. It's a it's a very corrupt Ukrainian gas company, and somehow Hunter Biden, without any um, experience. Uh, got a seat on the board of directors, a lucrative seat. I think around $80,000 per month is what the total number of payments went to him for several years. While his father was vice president and the quote-unquote point man for diplomacy, U.S. diplomacy um, in Ukraine. And that comes on the heels of $1.5 billion that his Rosemont Seneca received from China from a from an investment firm in China that's re- I mean is anything not related to the CCP the Communist Party in China they control everything and what that one was uh, was something that not Goldman Sachs not Merrill Lynch not some of the top investment firms in the world have ever been able to land but this guy Hunter Biden without any experience was able to land some sort of $1.5 million guaranteed investment fund in his Rosemont Seneca capital. Why? 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 Why aren't we asking these questions? Shouldn't we know why? We're talking about the vice president of the United States at that time, his son, basically using his investment firm that he started with John Kerry's son, it appears to be some sort of pay-to-play slush fund. It looks corrupt. It, te- it looks terrible. The legality of using your children to collect money that you go and strong-arm from countries that you are the point man of United States foreign policy? Isn't that what it looks like? Can't we just be honest? Now, what I want you to do is I want you to play this little game with me. What I want you to do is I want you to insert the name Donald Trump Jr. instead of Hunter Biden for any one of these. Then I want you to insert the name Ivanka Trump instead of Hunter Biden for any one of these. I think that the mainstream media would be asking the question, the why question quite a bit, wouldn't they? So it's something to follow. This is not new. This may be new to you. This I, I talked with a friend the other day. Um, he, he came over for a, for a cocktail and to talk, discuss podcasting. And, you know, politics came up. It's completely unrelated to politics, but politics came up, and, and he starts telling me about how he doesn't know who he's voting for. He's on the fence. And what he proceeded to say were things that it boggled my mind because I thought all of this information was known. We've been following this now for four years, this bogus Russian collusion. And now at the end of it, not only do Russians appear in the subsourcing of the document that accused Trump of being a colluder with Russia, okay, wrap your head around that, but now it appears that Hunter Biden was out there flying on Air Force Two, collecting money in China, collecting money in Ukraine, and collecting money in Russia, all while his father was vice president in charge of foreign policy for those countries. Add on top of that something we've discussed in this podcast, just to sprinkle a little sugar. Don't forget 
Joe Biden is on tape, on video, bragging at the Center for Foreign, at the Council of Foreign Relations, at some meeting for the Council of Foreign Relations. He's bragging about how he got the president of Ukraine to fire a prosecutor. So he meddled in their own affairs. Forget about whether this Shokin guy was a corrupt prosecutor. You know, I did a tweet today that was basically like, hey, we, we, did, we, we were corrupt, but we were corrupt to fight corruption. It, it all comes around to, to, pointing the figure, to pointing the fingers at who's corrupt. And everybody points the finger, at, you know, and it, it ends up being circular logic. It ends, ends up being a catch-22 because in the end, everybody's pointing a finger at each other. But we should know why. Why, why is he receiving this money? Why is that allowed? If it's not illegal, then do we need some rules for our, for our elected officials and their family members to get money? Secondarily, if this were a Trump name associated to this blatant corruption, I think that the whole world would be screaming and we'd be inundated with cries of corruption from our mainstream media. So when things like this come out, it just it really shines a light on how corrupt the entire system is. It makes me feel good about uh, voting for Donald Trump in 2016, and it kind of hardens my stance as a moderate on my vote in 2020 for Donald Trump. This is what he was elected for, to be a patriot, to throw a grenade into this just horrendously corrupt system. All right, moving on, and speaking of our horrendously corrupt political system, Ruth Bader Ginsburg has passed away. Um, and now that's uh, unleashed an opportunity for the Republican-controlled Senate and Republican-controlled presidency to nominate and pass another uh, Supreme Court justice to add to the court. Um, and naturally, you, you, you know what happened. Basically, hypocrisy broke out on both sides of the aisle. Both sides, both Republican, both Democrat, uh, immediately started trotting out phrases as if they had not said the exact opposite four years ago. Let's take a listen to some of the hypocrisy. First, from the Republicans. The next president, whoever that may be, is going to be the person who chooses the next Supreme Court justice. It is essential to the institution of the Senate and to the very health of our republic not to launch our nation into a partisan, divisive confirmation battle during the very same time the American people are casting ballots to elect our next president. It's up to the American people in this next election to make the nomination for this important seat on the Supreme Court. For the last 80 years, the Senate has not confirmed any nominee nominated during an election year, and, and we should not do so this time either. We're not going to nominate a Supreme Court justice until the people have spoken. There's going to be an election, and then the new president will have an opportunity to nominate someone in the Senate to confirm them. The people deserve to be heard, and they should be allowed to decide through their vote for the next president the type of person that should be on the Supreme Court. That's the right thing to do, and it's the respect that the American people are owed. If there's a Republican president in 2016 and a vacancy occurs in the last year of the first term, you can say, Lindsey Graham said, let's let the next president, who it, whoever it might be, make that nomination, and you could use my words against me and you'd be absolutely right. I think the next president should make the pick. I would be not in favor of going forward. 
okay, that's pretty clear uh, right there. Even Lindsey Graham, like literally spelling it out uh, for this future case that is happening now, how you can use his words against him. But they're not the only ones. They're not the only guilty parties. You can't just point to Republican hypocrisy. Let's look at the Democrats. They took a solemn oath, a solemn oath before God to uphold the Constitution. The language is explicit. He shall appoint, and with the advice and consent of the Senate, shall fill the vacancies on the Supreme Court. The Constitution, as Dick outlined, the Constitution very clearly lays out the job the Senate has to do when it comes to filling a Supreme Court vacancy. One of the core constitutionally mandated duties of serving as a United States Senator is to advise and consent on Supreme Court nominees. Lack of a ninth justice diminishes and in many respects even disables the court. That the court, Supreme Court, shall consist of a chief justice and eight associate justices. The Supreme Court needs nine justices to function properly. It is vital to our judicial system. So Republicans, we say this, just do your job. Just do what you're sent here to do. The refusal to carry out the commands of the Constitution and the Judiciary Act of 1869 to abide by Senate precedents. Well, we have then abdicated one of the Senate's most important and sacred constitutional obligations. There's a vacancy on the most important court in America. Do your job. Vote for a Supreme Court nominee. The Supreme Court handles, quote, the people's business, as President Reagan put it. Every day that goes by without a ninth justice is another day the American people's business is not getting done. Uh, president's elected for all four years. Our responsibility to provide advice and consent goes on continuously. Shall means shall. When the Constitution says that the President shall nominate and that the Senate shall advise and consent, that is what it's meant. But here's the point, that we have a vacancy on the court now, right in front of us, that must be filled. Republicans should allow the Senate to do its job, the job we're paid to do, but more importantly, the job that we took a solemn oath to do. Okay, so each major party has now flip-flopped. I don't think the, that's rare for politicians these days. A little, little hypocritical flip-flopping. But there's one more I have for you. Do you remember the reports this week that came out? Ruth Bader Ginsburg on her deathbed said, don't nominate a new justice till after the election. It was her dying wish. Oh, it was her dying wish. Because that's Ruth Bader Ginsburg's seat, right? No, wrong. It's the people's seat. It's your seat. It's my seat. It's our seat. And I'm happy that Ruth Bader Ginsburg agrees. I, I do think that cooler heads will prevail, I hope, sooner rather than later. The president is elected for four years, not three years, so the power that he has in year three continues into year four, and maybe some members of the Senate will, will wake up and appreciate that that's how it should be. Okay, so where do we go? We've got hypocrisy on both sides. 
you know, what's funny is I, I picked up that trail of hypocrisy from a friend, a friend of the show, you know, sent me this video on the hypocrisy of the Republicans wanting to put through a nomination. It wasn't hard to go and find the exact flip-flop of that from the Democrats. Isn't that disgusting the way our politics have become? But remember, I've got a master's degree in common sense, and we can easily solve this problem with common sense. So let's go. Let's do it together. Let's come up with a common sense solution and the right solution moving forward. Let's start and end with common sense. The notorious RBG has passed. And of course, it's come with less than 60 days for election 2020. Let the hyperbolic puffery begin. I have already endured calls of hypocrisy, which are valid. In this day and age when the Dems have broken all the rules and torn down walls of decorum and decency, who would blame the Republicans for forcing through a SCOTUS nomination? But in the end, that wouldn't be right. After all, it's so close to an election it is only natural to allow the people's vote to choose the next Supreme Court justice. That is the right tact, and it follows decency and common sense. Clearly, that is the way common sense would take us. However, this is 2020, and there's been no election like this one ever before. The Dems have already war-gamed their election scenario. They have their old empty shell Joe Biden ready to be the victor through their shenanigans. And if they don't win, their shenanigans are not successful, they are fully prepared to contest any election, no matter the result. Isn't it interesting that they project that President Trump will not leave office, even though they have already planned a strategy to not accept the results of the election? And they bogged the country down for three years with a post-election fake Russia meddling narrative. You can find the DNC election war game efforts in the show notes. It has already been pre-programmed by the DNC. It is a part of their election 2020 strategy. And thus, through the DNC's own projections and strategy, there is one common sense opinion that must rule the day, and it's the only path forward for Republicans. They must nominate and pass through a Supreme Court justice. With election results already foretold to be contested, surely there will be a Supreme Court decision required for this election. If not a certainty, certainly a possibility. Without a nine-member court, the United States of America would be in great jeopardy to go into this election without a majority court decision being possible. Common sense. It is the clear path through a sea of hyperbolic division that will lead to a Republican nomination and approval of a Supreme Court justice before the election. With common sense logic, it is actually a necessity. 
be friends. We're all on this cosmic spaceship together. Subscribe and share the Conservative Hippie Podcast. Visit our sponsors, SmokinJays.com. Everything for your smoking lifestyle. StonerHoroscopes.com. Adora Zen dishes cosmic vibes for the stoner at heart. KickFromTheSpot.com. Soccer is American.